just I invite. Woohoo! <laughs> if anybody has anything during worship, I just invite you to go to the mic and share it because we're all family in here.
prayed Oh, to show you my weakness Oh, my failures and flaws Oh, you've seen them all You still call me friend Oh, cause the God of the mountain He's still God in the valley Oh, when there's not a place Your mercy and grace won't find me
I just think this morning, just let's lean in that he sees us. There's nothing better than him. Let's lean in that he sees every moment. That he sees every part, every weakness, every strength, every good day, every bad day, every tear, every laugh. He's with us through it all, from the first breath to the last. Always faithful, always kind. Always protecting, always lifting up. Never discouraging, never casting down. Never forsaking, never walking away. Never moving past. Never leaving us desolate or alone to figure it out. But always comforting, always guiding. Always strengthening us, always bringing encouragement. Always renewing his promises. Always reminding us of his goodness. Every morning with every sunrise, every sunset. Just a cycle of how good he is to us. Every star in the sky signaling his love. Every breath of the wind showing his goodness to us.
Amen. That was good. Amen. This time of year, it's easy to worship when you get up. This morning I got up to feed the goats and everything, and it was early, and the sun was coming up. Grass is green. Things are starting to bloom, and it just it just looks like life. I love this time of year, spring. Life is springing forward, and, and um, so we're coming into uh, Resurrection Sundays coming up. Um, we'll be celebrating that, which I, I love that. that. That's amazing. Um, Resurrection Sunday is what makes us Christian. <laughs> that's what makes us, that's, that's what separates us from all other religions, uh, is the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We, we believe that God raised his son from the dead, amen. Uh, so as we see spring coming, um, there's just some things that I wanted to, um, I wanted to, I've been kind of going over in my heart, and so if you've got your Bibles from the book of Matthew 5, um, which is the Sermon on the Mount. Um, so the Sermon on the Mount goes from chapters 5 through 7. So if you guys, I think it's something really interesting to, to look at and read. And there's just a lot of good things in here. Um, Kay had talked about this a couple of Sundays ago, maybe even last Sunday, I don't know. But it's just been on my heart ever since. I've been just kind of reading this this whole, these three chapters or these two chapters here. And uh, just really, really good stuff. Um, so... Uh, the Beatitudes, which is, I don't know if you know, but the Beatitudes is actually the blessings. So this is the blessings of true discipleship. So Jesus has gathered his disciples and he begins to give uh, uh, one of his completed sermons. It's a, a whole sermon here. And so it says, and seeing the multitude, chapter five, verse one, he went up on a mountain and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We talked about that poor in spirit doesn't mean broke down, tore apart, but it means humbled. Uh, I always said it like this. I said, blessed are those who realize that they need God. Blessed are are those who realize that God is in my life and and he's changed. And without him, I I don't have a lot going on for myself, right? And we, we can all say that. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven kingdom of heaven. Now, uh, in the book of Romans, Romans tells what the kingdom of heaven is. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Kingdom of heaven is not heaven. It's not going to the pie in the sky. Amen? Kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Yeah? Where did he say the kingdom? Don't say the kingdom's over here or over there because it's within you. It's inside of us. He, that, everything that God does, he does with inside of man. Amen. He does in the hearts and in the minds of men. So blessed are those who are humble and they come before the Lord. They recognize him. They need him. They've called upon his name for theirs is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's why he told Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but love, power and a sound mind. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. Amen. Not how loud you speak in tongues. Not how loud you shout or how fast you run in church. Amen. That's not your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Me and Beth was talking about that on the way because I grew up in Pentecostal charismania. And I noticed that a lot of that stuff that we call our strength, the speaking in tongues and all that doesn't happen anywhere but inside the church. So in that case, by our actions, we're only strong by inside the church. Amen. Amen or oh me, the pastor said one time, <laughs> right? But the joy of the Lord is our strength. We outside of the church, we laugh, we joke, we cut up, we do all that, right? But that's our strength that we are, we can, we're able to enjoy. We're able to understand. I know I've seen it very, very strongly in my life of things that, that we've gone through as a family, sicknesses and losses that we've had. Uh, we're always, for, for whatever reason, our family has always been able to find something to laugh about. Even in, in times of death and great loss, we would think about that person and it would bring a smile to our face. It would bring joy to us to think about the laughter. Uh, just the other day, me and my mom was talking about my grandpa, my grandma, and my Aunt Diane. And, and it was, we could 
we was crying. We started tears coming to eyes, but we were laughing at the same time. We was thinking, man, that would be, they, they were so much fun to be here. And it was, a, it was, they were Christians and they lived life to the fullest with, with Christ in them. And, and because of that, that still carries on with us. We still able to think about that. I mean, man, what a blessed time we had. What a, an enjoyable thing that was. So the joy of the Lord is our strength. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now that's crazy. Blessed are those who mourn. It's a blessing sometimes to mourn. Why? Because we know that in those times, Paul says, in my weakness, you are made strong. Amen. He said, your strength is not proven when I'm strong. Your strength is proven when I'm weak and I'm barely making it and I don't know how I'm going to make it. And I look around and you work everything out for me. You hold me and you keep me together. We all have a testimony of I shouldn't be here. But in my weakness, you were made strong. In my mourning, you came and you gave me gladness. You gave me joy. You lifted my spirit up. You comforted me. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Amen. What a wonderful thing to think about right now. We see all across the world that there are people in mourning. Blessed are those who are mourning, for the Holy Spirit will begin to come and begin to reveal his heart to them. Amen. Blessed are those who've lost somebody because they will be comforted and, and they will begin to feel something inside of them that begin to speak and the Holy Spirit will begin to work and begin to speak and say, I'm right here. I'm with you. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I love this. For they shall be filled. Those who hunger and thirst after right standing and after a, a, a relationship with God, guess what? They will be filled. Amen. I don't know about you, but that, that's a fountain that you will never dry up. <laughs> that's a relationship that you will never find the end of. You will continue to grow and continue to move in it. For this, Blessed are those who, who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Where much is forgiven, where, where you have been forgiven much, you should forgive much. Amen. That's a hard one sometimes. But this is the blessings of true discipleship. What he's saying is these are the blessings of those. Blessed are you if you're doing these things. And people will begin to see you blessed because you do these things. People will begin to see that you are blessed because you're merciful. Well, how come things always work out for you? How come things are always doing this? Well, look at my, what I'm doing here. Look at the actions of my life. And I'm not out here broadcasting or this, but I live by certain disciplines. I'm merciful because mercy has been given to me. And because I am merciful, I obtain mercy. For, and it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. <laughs> I love that. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now look at that. All those things that you would say that somebody would be pure of heart are everything that's, that was written before that. Humble, poor in spirit, merciful. Blessed are those people, the pure of heart, for they, they shall see God. They're going to see the evidence of God in their life. They're going to see evidence. And when someone says, how is it that you're able to do these things? And how is it you're so merciful? How is it all this stuff you're going to say? Because I've seen God. I've seen him work time and time and time again. Amen. David said, I've seen uh, I, I, the Lord delivered the bear in my hand and the lion in my hand. And this giant is nothing. <laughs> I mean, those two were wild animals. This dude's the same thing. It's, it's, the, it's the same thing for my God. The same fight, the same thing. It, it ain't any bigger, any difference. So I'm just going to go ahead on, right? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Peacemakers, not those that stir up stuff. Amen. Amen. Not that not not those that, that preach the word of God to stir stuff up. <laughs> Blessed are those who speak the word of God and speak peace. They shall be called sons of God. Amen. Not the warriors, the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. These are Jesus's rules. This is Jesus's discipleship class right here. If you're a peacemaker, you shall be called a son of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
Blessed are you when you when you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets you that were before you. Notice that this is the same thing as it's been happened for generations and generations. But you're going to be blessed because of that. You go through that. Now notice here he said blessed are they. He didn't say blessed are everybody that's going to be persecuted. Because we see here in America, we see very little persecution about Jesus Christ. Their persecution and our persecution is a lot different. Amen. Their persecution and our persecution in America that we say, well, I'm being persecuted. No, we're not. No. (laughs) Wrong answer. They said something, they said something that hurt your feelings. That's not persecution. Amen. <laughs> According to what these people were seeing, they revile you because Jesus said they're going to bring you before, they're going to drag you. Not bring you before a court of law, before a, a, a court of law with a jury of your peers. No. <laughs> Jesus didn't have a jury of his peers when he went before the Sanhedrin in the courts. No, they were stacked against him, right? Anyway. We'll, go, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> so let's go on to the next part of it. Verse 13. This is what he's saying. He said, blessed are you. These are the true disciples of Christ. They're blessed. Amen? They're blessed. Even in persecution. They're blessed. We've got in the church to get that through our mind. We are blessed. The devil cannot take your blessing away. I don't care how how much you think you're fighting the devil, which most of us, probably 99.9% of Christians have never fought the devil himself. (laughs) Amen. I'm going to mess with you here just a minute because you've got to realize the devil is not omnipresent. So that means he can only be in one place at one time. (laughs) So I love it when saints would say, oh, the devil's been messing with him. I was like, thank God, because if he's messing with you, he ain't messing with me. But I'm pretty sure that the devil didn't come down here and mess with your car. I've been fighting the devil all week long. Bless his sweet name. <laughs> right? So this, is, this is silly stuff, right? But we say this kind of thing. Well, the devil's been after me. No, he hasn't. Why? Because according to what I read, the devil is too busy toppling governments and do all this thing. But he's going to come to southeast Oklahoma and not let your car start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so a lot of this, it says, uh, righteous, uh, we, when they bring all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake, a lot of what we get ourselves into in America is not necessarily for his sake, it's for ours. Amen. A, a lot of what I see in, on, on right now in Christianity is, is a lot of um, self-confessed persecution. And honestly, if we would walk more like Christ, there wouldn't be a lot, probably a lot less of that. But, but it makes us look good. Amen? We put that stuff on Instagram. Oh, they're doing this. They're after me this. It makes us look good, like we're really doing something. But blessed are the peacemakers. <laughs> now, I'm going I'm to challenge you because if you, read the, if you read the Sermon on the Mount, it challenges you. But we got to fight for our rights. Blessed are the peacemakers. Now's the time to fight. We got to fight. Blessed are the peacemakers. And those are the words of Jesus. <laughs> Red letter words. You are the salt of the earth, but if, you, if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Have you seen this, this thing on Facebook? And this one, I seen a lady had a shirt on that said, I told you to be salt of the earth, not salty. <laughs> A lot of the church, all Christians are just salty. They're just looking for a fight. Amen. Amen. I told Beth, me and Beth was talking about this. A lot of us want to be everybody's Holy Spirit. So if I'm, if I'm living life the way he's telling me, and I'm living through this way, and I'm living according to myself, and I'm, I'm living to... Not according to myself, but according to the word of God, trying to figure me out. Amen? So my question is, if, if I'm right with the Lord, what does somebody else's sin have to do with me? 
If my neighbor is doing all kinds of crazy stuff, what does that have to do with me in my walk? We have this idea in the church that if, if that person is doing something wrong, then that means I've done something wrong, and it's my responsibility to make them do right. Jesus didn't say make them do right. Jesus didn't even say pass laws that they can't sin anymore. But he said make disciples. Now, I'm going to say this. Jesus didn't even say, make them say a prayer so that you'll know that they said a prayer and they have to walk according to what you think they need to walk up. Jesus said, make disciples. Disciples in that day was not just go at them and throw something at them and say a prayer and then walk off and leave. Discipleship in that day was you come and be a part of me, walk with me and talk with me. Let me teach you and let me show you some things. Maybe kind of like the way Jesus did with his disciples. Sometimes he had to rebuke them. Sometimes he had to say, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, guys. What in the world? At one point he was like, how is it that you have no faith? Oh my gosh, have you not seen all the miracles that I've done? <laughs> Jesus was Jewish. Oh, he's oh. <laughs> have you not, do you not, did you not see the blinded eyes open? Have you not seen me walk on water? Have you not? How is it? And one time he even says, how long must I suffer you? <laughs> right? Okay, we're moving on. You are the light of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. If we lose our salt... We lose our season. We lose the flavor of life, which is blessed are the Beatitudes, the blessings. If we lose that, then we, are, we have become nothing and trampled under foot by men. What do you think is happening in the church today? We're beginning to see all the things that the church has tried to cover up over the years as an organization is being exposed right now. And everything that we have supposed to, we've become, we've lost our flavor and there's a lot of trampling underfoot right now. There's a lot of things that are coming to light that inside the church, we've told everybody this is God and it really wasn't God. Man. A lot of us are having a hard time with it. A lot of us saying, well, they're just attacking the church. That's persecution. No, that's truth being revealed. Amen. We're seeing a lot of the way the church has treated women come to light. And there's a lot of people saying, well, that's just, that's just, this, 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 that's this, this, and this. And no, it's truth coming to light. And God is saying, that's not me. We've lost the salt. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. You can't hide it. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now this is something. Let them see your good works. Not your shout. Not your Christian t-shirt. Not your Christian bumper sticker. Your good works. In life. I think one of the reasons the church has lost its, its, its whatever its savor is because we quit doing good works with people. It become, it's become more about building empires and ministries and, and I'm prophet this or whatever this and that. And we build that more than we build with people. I've sat in conferences for hours and hours and hours and hours and discuss all kinds of new demons and new strategies and not mention Jesus one time. And not mention the fact that we have to talk to people. Not mention the fact that Jesus says you are to go to people. But we want to we want to cast out all these different things and go to the heavenlies and and go to the courts of heaven and do all this other stuff instead of just being with people. Where did Jesus go? Jesus did some of that, but he also sat with people. Amen. He sat with people. So much so, they said he's a, a drunkard, a wine bibber, 
He sits with tax collectors. He sits with all the, who is this man? He's not a holy man. He can't be righteous. He can't be part of the church. Why? Because look who he's sitting with. And we in the church, we would rather sit with our own kind than we would go and sit with somebody that doesn't know God. Because we've lost our salt. Because we've tried to hide the light. Whether we know it or not. He says here, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Unfortunately, the church don't see a lot of what we see inside the church house. The power, what we call the power. Always is, that's the power of God fell last night. We shouted, we we danced. And then, and I've said this before, then I see people say, oh, the altars were full. I see pictures of it and I'm like, those are all people who've been in church for 20 years. That's not a move of God. That's just you doing what you're supposed to do when you come to church. <laughs> Pray and worship God. That shouldn't be, that's crazy that we're like, oh, we had a powerful move of God. Christians prayed. Woo! So we, we move on. It says, you are the light of the world, a city that's set up on a hill that cannot be hidden. So I'm going to stop right there. And, and there's a scripture that, that we quote often. And I think sometimes we, we, we miss it sometimes. Sometimes we, we, have these, we have these sayings and whatever it comes along with kind of granny taught it and we bought it type things. And sometimes we don't actually just stop and think about some of the things we've been taught. And I kind of have to get to that point where I've kind of just begin to think about this. Not, not anything against granny. She's just being taught what she taught, right? And granny taught it. She can't be wrong as granny. I'm more likely granny's not some evil person trying to twist the scriptures. But over the years, we come down what we've gotten a hold of may not be exactly what the, the, these guys were saying through our different mindsets and our different cultures, different things that we've come through. A lot of us are beginning to, to, to realize that uh, some of the things that we've been taught, not exactly the truth. So we're going back to some different things and looking, right? So with that, it says, you're a light of the world, a city that's set on a hill that cannot be hid. Uh, nor do they light a lamp, put under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all. House. Now look at that. All who are in the house. Now we always had this saying. We, I've heard it my whole life. We're welcome. We're in, we've come to the house of the Lord. This is not the house of the Lord. We know and understand now. The house of the Lord is in us. So we're the house. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So it says this. It says that you don't put it under because it lights all who come who are in the house. Amen. All who are in the house. Guess what? This is what we would call a house of worship. This is what we've called, we've called it the house of God. And we've, we, over the years, I've seen a lot of churches and a lot of preachers begin to say, this is not the house of God, you're the house of God. And so we, we've heard preachers say, when we leave here, the house of God goes into all the world. Amen. So when I sit down with people that are in darkness, I sit down with people who have darkness in their life, Let's just even say this. I sit down with Christians who maybe still have some darkness in their life. But it says here, you are a light that's of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. You don't put it under a basket. You don't try to hold. He says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. And the verse 15 says, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Guess what? Anybody who comes in contact with me, anybody who comes in my vicinity now begins to see the light. So we see this here, it says, 
Let so your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Where are your good works? Wherever God's put you. We thought good works were only done in here. Let everybody see that I come to church. Let everybody see that I sing on the choir, or I teach Sunday school, or I do this, or I'm a pastor. No, it's, those are not your good works. Your good works are what you do in the community. What you do, not, and not even just community, but what you do within your daily life and your, your life, your world that you walk. Do people see good works? Now watch this. This is what it says here. Uh, I wanted to read Proverbs uh, 16 and 9. We all heard it. Uh, a couple of translations here. Um, the King James Version says, A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Now, we've taken that as you don't get to do what you want to do. We've taught that is, is you have to submit everything to the Lord and you don't get any choice of anything. He's just going to give you an allotment. Boom, that's what you're going to do and you've got to like it from there on out. But it says here, the heart of man plans his way. Or the Berean study about a man's heart plans his course. King James Version, a man's heart plans his way. Uh, the New King James, uh, uh, let's see, there's another one here that I wanted to read. Amplified, a man's mind plans his way as he journeys through life, but the Lord directs his steps and establishes them. So, if you are according to the discipleship of Jesus Christ, peacemaker, Blessed are those who mourn, for they be mourned. You're merciful. You're, you are poor of spirit. You, you are all these things that he's saying true discipleship is. If, you're, you, if you carry that in your heart and you say, I want to be a doctor. So we, we, for years ago, and, and it's becoming a little better now, we had this idea of do you have a secular job or are you a pastor? So we separated everything from, from, from sacred secular. And we're breaking that down now. We're breaking that down. We realize that there are, there are people who are, are called to the marketplace. Business people, uh, doctors, lawyers, whatever. There's, there's people that are called. Uh, um, there, there are people that carry a light that I've seen as, I'm, as I was trucking. And, and in the trucking industry, there are people that carry a light in that place. Because truckers can be some rough people. But do you, one of the things that was interesting to me was, is in the trucking industry, the one thing that they have is they teach us, as they, and you go to these schools, they teach you that the truckers right now are like one of the number one defenses of human trafficking. And as rough as truckers are, the one thing they do not like is an agreed come together is that's wrong. And we need to do something about it. And you hear them talking on that. You hear something like something doesn't look right. Those CBs go off and they're watching isn't that awesome? I mean, that's the, the watchers. There it is, 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 is those who are merciful will obtain mercy. They're looking for that, saying, we got the help. We got, right? There's light there. There's light there that, 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 that they're saying, that's totally dark. We need light here. We're shining the light on that. It's good works. All right? There was a guy that was a trucker, and he's one of the ones that established this, this trucking thing. And, and he was just like, I realized something was wrong. And this got, we have the power to stop it. I was like, there he is shining a light and his good works will be seen before men. Now we don't do our works for men to see them, right? There's, we know the difference there. We do good works. We, we do that because we are. So you and David, you love people and you help people because that's who you are. If anybody's around you very long, we know that's who you are. And people see those good works and they know in the city of McAllister that there's a house there and there's a certain group of people that you work with that saying, we, we can go there and we can, we can get help. Ronnie's, the, the, the people see your good works. They know that uh, we can get to Camp Hope or we can get here. That's what the churches should be doing is, is they're doing good works. Because how many times is everyone negative that know the Lord? Or saying, oh, it's getting worse, or oh, it's getting bad, or oh, it's falling apart, or 
Well, they don't want to hear the truth. We're, we're choosing to sit in darkness. Yeah. Instead of seeing there's a great light, there's always a light. There's Amen. always hope happening. Amen. I mean, that's what he told Elijah. Amen. He was whining in the cave. He said, I've got 10,000 prophets that I could call at any minute. This is the beginning. Amen. So we see this, the scripture, the 16 and 9, Proverbs 16 and 9. It says, we make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. So now what, I, what we see in this, what, the way I was taught was this is you have a plan, but God's going to not, you don't get to do that. God's going to show you what you're going to do. But in our hearts, we have to realize that if, if Christ is in us and we come out with that, that was him from the beginning. And so we, we say, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a lawyer, I want to be a, um, in, in my day and age, you couldn't even say this, but heaven forbid, but I want to be a basketball player, I want to be a football player, I want to play music, I want to do that. And God says, okay, but let me guide your steps. You follow me and I will lead you in paths of righteousness for in my name's sake. And the people will see your good works. I mean, what would it be like if, 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 if Christians were writing songs that people were listening to. We were writing books and, and, and stories and, and children's education and, and, and all of these things. What, what would it look like if we were, we were a part of, if we were out there in the mainstream and people were seeing our stuff and they begin to find our story out? They begin to come and say, well, you, you, this is bookshelf on like all these other things, but, but, but let's look and see what this is. Let's, let's find out more about this person. And they begin to see good works. They begin to see that, hey, this, this person is doing, she, she, they're loving people, they help people. And oh, by the way, they're, they're a Christian? <laughs> Amen? They, they, go to, they, they, they believe in God, they believe in Christ. It's funny sometimes whenever I'm out doing things because I'm not overly a preachy person and just like point a finger, I just live life. And I told Beth, I said, I've never really had to bring up conversation about God because it's in me and people get around me and they're just, I was like, how you doing? And they're like, and they just start unfolding. And most of the time it's like, well, I got out of church and I've been hurt by church and, just, and I, just, I just sit and listen. I said, what do you do? I was like, oh, I'm a pastor. What? You're a pastor? What are you, what are you doing out here? I was like, what do you mean what am I doing? I'm working. I'm getting a job. That's what I'm doing out here. But the light inside of me begins to draw people that need What's coming out of me? And I don't have to go and just point to him, you're doing this, you're doing because God brings those into the moment, and I know that those moments are God moments. I know that when they begin to speak and they begin to ask, because it says, Blessed are those who seek and hunger after righteousness, thirst and hunger after righteousness. What does it say? They shall be filled. And when somebody gets around some of when it gets around us, it should make them hunger and thirst for righteousness. Righteousness is not just that necessarily uh, religious word that we have of you've got to do everything right. I'm a righteous person, but it's right standing with God. Right. And they're going, man, there's something, there's a disconnect and I don't know where it is. And I've been told that, it, that, that, it's, that it's me and God. Hey, I've been told it's God. God doesn't want anything to do with me. And then I get around him and get to tell him the true gospel. As a matter of fact, he wants to be with you so much that he gave his son and he'll, his spirit is inside of you and it's calling you and it's begging you. And inside of you, there is a voice that's calling you back to him. And that voice that you think is all this other stuff is actually him. What? You mean... He's not set. No, he's there. He's not far. He's not far from any of us. He's right here calling us and begging us. And every time it is, it's a beautiful thing. The Lord, we make our plans. I want to do this. God spoke to Ronnie and his plan is, I want to build Camp Hope. God says, okay, I'm going to take you to it. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to direct your footsteps. Go here. Go there. Step here. Step here. Do this. Do that. Right? I want to be whatever it is. I want to... I, I, we begin to... I don't know in the world. We come out and say, I'm going to go to CD, Go get my truck driving to school. The Lord just opened things up for us. I had quit the other job and it just wasn't... The hours wasn't what I needed. And so I said, all right, Lord, this is what needs to happen. And I need to, to make it this way. And the Lord began to direct us. We put an application here. I didn't just start filling out applications. Filled out this application that I had almost a month and a half ago. And so spring break come up, and I told Beth, I said, this is kind of what I'm feeling. I'd like to spend a week with the kids, and then after that, this next week, we need to, I need a job and start making some money. We're, you know, it's, 
we're not broke yet, but this, you know, it would be perfect if it would fall where Monday I had a job and we started going that way. It was a Wednesday of last, the week before last. Uh, I get a phone call and was like, hey, man, I was looking through this. I even forgot I put this out there on the Indeed and on the web. Uh, we need some drivers down there in McAllister. You, you, you interested? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm very interested in that job. Well, they do. We still talk. Well, he said, well, I guess I need to meet you first before we hire you. I said, okay. I said, he's like, well, just go do your drug test before I meet you. I mean, I, one conversation, I already had the job. I started last week. The exact same time that I needed to start my orientation last week. And it's just kind of falling perfect because I begin to make a plan, right? And then God begins to lead me through that. And then I know that the Lord is going to use us. He's going to use me and people will see the good works that I'm doing for the Lord. And they will be blessed by that. And they see the light. And everybody that comes into the house, everybody that comes in presence of Ronnie and David, Sherry, Mike, and, and everybody else that comes in, they come into that house, they will see the light. Amen? And that is the power that we carry. That is the beautiful gospel that we carry with us, is that you, he said, you are the light of the world. Jesus, he said, you are the light of the world. Amen? He is in us, and he is, you, you can't, he said, you can't hide it. You cannot hide it. Even when you're grumpy, you can't hide it. Remember? Peter? <laughs> Ow, blankety blank, blank, blank. Nope, you're one of him. You talk just like him. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not, right? Anyway. Man's heart makes a plan. But God directs, directs his footsteps. There's ideas and things that you have. And whenever you are connected to him, submitted to him, he begins to draw everything to you and he lays that out for you. He says, okay, I'm going to take you to that place. This is where you're going to go. I'm going to help you get there. Amen. Anybody else got anything? That's all I got. Announce what you got to announce, what's wrong? Amen. <laughs> yeah, next Saturday. I hope to be working on the fence out here. Anybody that's available, come on over. <laughs> I'll be here by 10 o'clock that morning. On Saturday? Oh, for the, pod, for the podcast people out there, Saturday at 10 o'clock, Ronnie will be here working on the fence and on the pavilion, so come one, come all. Let everybody see your good works. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That all? Amen. I, to end, let's, uh, Ronnie, you lead us in our declarations.